and I'm here with my man Jarrell Wheeler on week eight, man. We already almost done with the college football season already over halfway done week eight, all things college football podcast, man. Jarrell, how was your weekend, man? Man, my weekend was pretty long. I did. Well, you know, we did have homecoming with Central State University this week. So, you know, a lot of things going on that Saturday was around homecoming as far as the game and stuff. And I enjoyed myself as well at some of the festivities. And, you know, it was, it was just a good week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was at Winston-Salem State's um, homecoming as well, as well. And it was it was a good weekend, very fun. Got to, like, see a lot of old friends from undergraduate school. So it was pretty fun, man. But um, I do want to go ahead and jump into the games a little bit. And uh, we're going to jump right into the game we thought was the biggest game of the week last week. And that was my Clemson Tigers taking on, at that time, an undefeated 5-0 NC State Wolfpack team, Clemson looks really good um, on both sides of the ball. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan. They look really good. Um, And, you know, it's kind of crazy because last week you talked about how you really didn't believe in NC State. You told me that last week. You said, I don't don't really – I think Clemson going to cruise on them. I don't think it's going to be a close game. And, Jarrell, you ended up being actually right. Um, I'm just going to go over a few of the stats here. Um, Trevor Lawrence, just an amazing game. He went 26 for 39. 308 yards, one touchdown. I mean, even Chase Bryce got in the game for one drive, drove him down the field. Uh, he went six for nine, 72 yards. Um, and they did end that with a touchdown by Lynn J. Dixon, the freshman. Uh, Travis Etienne was actually shut down for the most part. Uh, he only had 15 carries for 39 yards. But, I mean, when you have 308 yards passing, I mean, ain't much you can really stop at that point because Clemson – just looks very balanced at this point. Um, and even Travis Etienne on a slow day still had three touchdowns. And like I said as well, Lynn J. Dixon as well had a touchdown uh, at the end of the game there. But NC State, I want to talk a little bit about them because I don't believe the hype in NC State no more. Ryan Finley went 21 for 34, 156 yards, two interceptions and two big interceptions, one by Caban Wallace, and then the other one was by Jalen Williams, um, the outside linebacker for the Clemson Tigers. uh, Ryan Finley really struggled. Um, I did like Ricky Persons Jr., the freshman. Um, He had 12 carries for 54 yards, and then Reggie Gillespie also as well had nine carries for 59 yards. Um, C.J. Riley did have a pretty okay game with three catches for 66 yards, and as well as former quarterback, now wide receiver, Jacoby Ford had eight receptions and 61 yards. But I do want to talk a little bit about T. Higgins. He had a big day. T. Higgins had eight receptions, 119 yards. Him and uh, Trevor Lawrence just continued to hook up with each other, as well as Justin Ross, too, five catches for 75 yards. Um, And even Travion Thompson, a guy that's not really a very well-known name outside of Clemson's program, he even had a pretty decent game with four catches and 45 yards. But um, I just kind of want to jump in on the game for the most part. Clemson's defense looked very good. I mean, that defensive line actually starting to look like the defensive line everybody hyped them up to get. They had 10 and a half tackles for loss. Um, Clem Farrell is a top 10 pick. Um, he had, you know, uh, he was in the backfield all day. Dexter Lawrence was in the backfield all day as well. I think Tanner Muse even got in the backfield a little bit. Um, Austin Bryant was in the backfield a lot. Um, I mean, they really just got after Ryan Finley early and out out the gate. Um, I think this Clemson team is finally starting to wake up. I think they're finally starting to see their full potential. Um, I think this team is, to me, and we're going to probably get into this a little bit later, 
they may be the only team that can play in a game with Bama. Um, you could argue maybe Oklahoma, but Clemson looked really good this weekend. NC State on the other side, I lean on what you kind of said last week. They hadn't played anybody. They hadn't been tested. If they would have played West Virginia a few weeks ago, they probably would have got beat. Um, they just haven't played. They, they haven't played anybody. And I think Clemson really exposed them that Clemson is just light years ahead of everybody in the ACC. Um, but how did you feel about the game? Well, <clears throat> again, like you said, uh, I do not believe in NC State. Not, that's not offering uh, any kind of a statistical data. It's just I don't believe any team in North Carolina. But like you pointed out last week, they have not played anybody. And I know that they're running through, you know, uh, Ryan Finley. You know, he's supposed to be, you know, a pretty good quarterback and whatnot. And they came in the game undefeated, which is cool and all when you think about, you know, they beat Boston College without an A.J. Dillon, a Virginia, a Marshall, and they had uh, West Virginia canceled, and they beat Georgia State and James Madison, which is a FCS team. So that sounded cool and all, but when they actually played somebody like Clemson, now, don't get me wrong, it is Clemson. You know what I'm saying? So right. <laughs> it is Clemson. Let's not forget about that. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, Clemson exposed them boys. I thought yeah, uh, they, they did. would have dropped a little bit more points. But I will say, though, that Trevor Lawrence, you know, he is getting to the groove, and Clemson looks back to normal, like, on their yeah. schedule program. And to be honest, <clears throat> when I first seen the stats, I seen that uh, he only threw one TD, so I was thinking, you know, what was going on? But he did drop some bombs, throw some long ones, and they just had Travis ETN, you know, cleaned up when they got to the one-yard line to mm-hmm. the red zone. I believe all them touchdowns he had, they were like one or two yards. One or two, yeah, like five yards, two yards, one yard. They were right there at the end zone. So, I mean, and on the defensive side, Clemson looked like Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I agree with you. They're probably the only team that really can hang with Bama at this point because they're so good on both sides of the ball, which I can't speak – I can't say for the rest of the top, you know, 10 or whoever. So, yeah, I mean, like Clemson took care of business and they exposed NC State. Yeah, and like I said, I agree with you a complete 100%. Um, Clemson really did expose NC State. Um, Ryan Finley, he did not look good at all. They got at him quick and in a hurry. And, I mean, Clemson, just like you said, they look – because what NC State's plan was, which they did actually a good job was to shut Travis Etienne down. That was their plan. Shut Travis Etienne down and then make, you know, Trevor Lawrence beat him with his arm. But guess what? That's what he did. He beat him with his arm. And, um, I mean, you can't really not, you know, NC State for doing that. I mean, if you've seen what, you know, Travis Etienne has did, you know, these past few weeks, um, you know, you would, you would, I mean, you would obviously do the same thing. Trevor Lawrence, it feels like, is now kind of getting into his groove. And, you know, it just feels like they're finally starting to, you know, come together. It just really does feel like they're coming together now. And I think for Clemson, that's important, especially right here. This is when you want to start kind of peaking. You're going into that mid-third quarter, heading into the fourth quarter of your season, basically, at this point. This is when you want to start kind of peaking, getting ready for that playoff ball. Right now, to be honest with you, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Clemson fan, once again, they look like the second best team in college football. I I don't see any. I mean, we're gonna get into Ohio State in a few minutes here. They look atrocious, and they've been looking atrocious really since 
the TCU game. After that, it just seemed like they start looking not as good. Um, Georgia, like I said, I told you uh, the last week, let's see what they do on Friday, uh, on, on this weekend, and then I'll be able to tell a little bit more about them. Oklahoma did rebound back, but Clemson looks like by far the second best team in college football right now. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. That game, NC State averaged 480 yards a total offense per game. Mm. Clemson held them to 297. That's crazy. And they went two for 12 on third down. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. I, when I watched that game, a lot of the third downs was third and 12, third and eight, third and seven. You can't mm-hmm. do that with a team like Clemson because they're going to make you pay. You have to get those first downs. You have to, on first down, get four or five yards. You have to, on second down, try to get about two or three more. You have to play with Clemson. You have to play that three, third and three type game, third and two, third and four, third and two. You can't do no third and eight, third and 12, third and 10, all that, because you're not going to win. I was a little bit surprised, too, how, like, inefficient that NC State was on offense. I thought they were going to at least kind of get in a shootout with Clemson because that's just kind of what I expected. I thought it was going to be about mm, maybe like a 42 to, you know, 35 type game, something like that, but it it, it wasn't that. Clemson's defense showed out. Clemson's offense showed out. Um, you know, it just was the bad news bears for NC State. But uh, my last notes on that, I just – lost all faith in NC State and the ACC in general. It just looks yeah. like at this point, it's Clemson's to lose. Um, I was just about to say that. Yeah, I, to, I mean, uh, Miami doesn't more, look good. More of the story, the ACC is trash this year. Yeah, yeah, it's really bad. I, I don't, I honestly don't see but one or two teams that need to be ranked in that whole conference. And I would probably say right now, it would be Clemson and maybe Virginia, I would say at this point. Maybe. Probably, and, I, I believe NC State's still ranked. Yeah, they're still ranked, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. I would say the only – but I'm saying the only teams I think should be ranked at this point, I think, is Virginia and, and, and Clemson, to be honest with you. Because uh, I just – I don't know. I don't really believe in NC State either after what they did. Uh, but, you know, I mean, there's still a little bit of time left in the season. They can obviously make changes and, you know, make the right decisions and stuff like that and get things put together. But Clemson just really outplayed them flat out. Dave Doran got straight out coached. And the people on the field, the players on the field got straight out played. I mean, there's no other way around it, to be honest with you. Well, <laughs> let's get into the next game. Yeah, next game. Let's, so this is the game that me and you kind of talked about a little bit last week. And um, it actually was a delayed game. It took a while for that game to actually end. Um, but the Michigan and Michigan State game, rivalry in East Lansing, um, you know, Michigan coming off a big win. And, you know, Michigan State kind of wanted to, you know, knock them down a little bit, get them back to normal. And, you know, that just did not work. And um, I want to talk a little bit about Devin Bush's antics before the game, before I even get into the game. I see a lot of people saying, wow, how dare he do that? Wow, that's so disrespectful. Oh, my God, why is he doing that? To be honest with you, you want me to be real with you? I'm glad he did it. I'm I'm, I'm so tired of these – Rivalry games, half of these people are like best friends. What happened to the times when people used to hate each other? Like, they used to hate, like, you're not like, it's not like, it's now since social media has happened and stuff like that. Like, some of these rival teams and all, they're like buddy buddy now. Like, 
No, we're supposed to hate you. Like, we're not supposed to like you. Like, and I just feel like him doing that kind of show, that old, you know, old class, you know, type of robbery, you know, feeling. I mean, was it a little bit overdue on disrespect? Yes, I kind of do agree on that. He was a little bit too disrespectful because if you, I don't know if you've seen the video or not, but basically, yeah, it, you seen the video? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so for people that didn't see the video, basically in the video, Devin Bush, uh, Michigan State does this basically like they lock arms together and they walk all the way through the field, you know, in their pregame warmups. So about two, two hours before the game, Devin Bush was, you know, basically trying to intimidate them, basically trying to get in their heads before the game even started, right? So he gets out there at midfield. And he's kind of like letting them walk, like walk through him. Like they're literally about to clothesline him at this point. And, you know, obviously him and some of the Michigan State players get into it, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then basically, long story short, the part that everybody's, oh, my God, this is so disrespectful about. Basically, he goes to the middle of the field and kind of like rubs, like scrapes his cleats across, you know, the Michigan State, you know, logo. To me personally, this is a robbery game, dog. I'm not supposed to like y'all. Like, I'm not supposed to. I honestly do think he went a little bit too far with his annex. But did I have a problem with it? No, I didn't. I, I'm tired of people being so nice and, oh, we have to be nice to our rivals. No, if you don't like them, you don't like them. So I thought that was kind of cool to see that being brought back. But let me get into the game now. Sorry about random. <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought, I, I thought it was kind of. Corny, to be honest, I mean, you really took that time out to scrape your feet in the. Yeah, I, that's what I said. I think he went a little bit too far on that yeah, part. I get it, and and I I get it. You know, you want to show your hatred for the school, but I don't know. I thought it was kind of corny, and yeah. I see I see the type of guy you are now. You you're not with all the hey, you know, shake hands. I hope you have a good career after this. You 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 want the smoke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if you're my rap, like you're not gonna see me. Okay, for example, if I played on Clemson, you're not gonna see me up here taking an Instagram picture with a South Carolina Gamecock player after the game. I don't care if we grew up. I don't care if we know each other's cousins. I don't care about none of that. It, it, when we're on that field, there's no friends, buddy. Like, it's just not. There's no friends, especially my rival team. Like, I'm not going to go out there, hey, you know, no, I don't fool with you. You know what I'm saying? So I think with that end, I didn't have a problem with what he did. But the scraping on the floor and all that, I think he did go a little too far on that. I think that was kind of corny. But yeah. like him kind of like getting in their head before the game, I didn't have a problem with that personally. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with that at all, to be completely honest with you. Because I mean, it's a rival game. Spice it up a little bit. Make it interesting. But anyway, let me get into the game. So Michigan State struggled badly. Uh, Brian Lukery, he's not good at all. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with that guy. He is just – he's not good at being a quarterback. Listen to this, man. He went five for 25, 66 yards, zero touch. You want to know his QBR? Do you really want to know uh, Lynn Wick's uh, QBR? What is it? 3.3. <laughs> not 33.3. I mean, this guy played bad. Then L.J. Scott, I don't know what has happened to him in the last two seasons. Because last year, I think he had a little bit of injury problems. But this year, I think he I heard again. bad. He, he only had 10 carries for 25 yards. I mean, their run game was non-existent. You know how many rushing yards they had in the game? And it was raining. That's the reason the game got delayed. They had 15 yards rushing. 15 <laughs> yards in the entire game. 
Then, passing-wise, Daryl Stewart Jr., he had two receptions, 24 yards. And basically after that, everybody else was non-existent. Now, on Michigan's side of the ball, I mean, they weren't too great either. I mean, Shea Patterson had a pretty decent game. He went uh, 212 yards for two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He had a pretty decent game. And then Karen Higdon is continuing to look better and better every week. 33 carries for 144 yards. And then um, wide receiver-wise, like I said, they didn't have a really big day. Just that 179-yard touchdown by Donovan Peoples-Jones. He had that one catch. And after that, basically the rest of their wide receivers were non-existent either. But um, I want to talk a little bit about what you were saying before we even start recording this, how you still kind of don't believe in Michigan, and it's because of the offense. Kind of elaborate on that for me, if you don't mind. Well, first of all, as far as the game goes, uh, when I was watching parts of the game, I think to myself, this, this, is, this is Michigan State? This is who people are kind of hype over about? Because I thought they weren't that good. And also, well, I thought Michigan was beatable. I thought any other top 10 team, matter of fact, top 15 team, I believe they could have beat Michigan during this game. Because, uh, like you said, the QB, Luwerk, or Luwerky, however you say his name, mm-hmm. I mean, it really doesn't matter at this point. I mean, he went five for 25. Right. <laughs> Michigan right. At this point, do his name even right. matter? Go ahead, love. Right, right. And again, like, again, I'm not. I don't understand how Michigan State was ranked at this point because how yeah. they look. And Daryl Stewart, Michigan's only Michigan State's only score came off of a trick play, mm-hmm. a reverse TD, like a reverse passing touchdown mm-hmm. by Daryl Stewart. But anyway, Michigan. I mean, to me, they didn't really look that great. I just Michigan State just looked even that bad. So uh, Michigan, you know, you still had Karan Higdon. You know, he went. You know, 33 carries. He had 33 carries and got 144 yards. And Shea, uh, Shea Patterson, I mean, he threw two, D, two uh, touchdowns at, you know, 20, uh, 212 yards. But, I mean, I don't know. I still wasn't, like, really sold on it. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. No, they still look like regular Michigan team. And I think, like, the way – I mean, the way the offense was and the way Michigan State looked, Michigan really should have dropped at least 30-plus. Yeah. On them boys. So, I mean, I won't really saw them in Michigan, and I really don't believe they'll get into the college football playoffs. I'm just waiting for whoever. Matter of fact, let me look at Michigan's schedule real quick. I know they got I know they got Penn State. They got Penn State, and they got Ohio mm-hmm. State. That's really worth uh, watching. And mm-hmm. I want one of them to blow them out to expose Michigan because, remember now, they the only undefeated team in the conference. Yep. They have not lost the conference game yet. And I really don't want to see Michigan in the playoffs, and I hope they don't get in because then they really going to get exposed if they happen so so happen to uh, run the table, which I highly doubt that happened. They right, Ohio State, and I think Penn State will give them some work next week. So I really don't believe in Michigan at this point, and they're not the real you know number six ranked team or whatever they rank at right now. So I'm just waiting for these guys to get knocked off. I don't want to sound like a hater to Michigan, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm about to say really the Michigan people that listening to this podcast are gonna be they gonna be so hurt. I mean, hey, it is what it is. But uh, I want to talk about a team that's definitely to me didn't look like a top two team on Saturday, and that was the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, man, um, just getting throttled. 
um, by Purdue, man. I mean, it was bad. I mean, it was never really close, honestly. To be completely real with you, it was never really close. Purdue controlled that game the whole entire time. David Blount just he ate a hole in uh, Ohio State secondary. Now, he did throw the ball 43 times. He went 25 for 43, 378 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. But a guy, the two guys that I want to talk about the most for uh, Purdue, and you both, you you know, me and you talked about them a little bit before the recording, DJ Knox, 16 carries, 128 yards, three touchdowns. This man was averaging eight yards a carry. I mean, DJ Knox, every time he touched the ball, 15 yards, 20 yards, 7 yards, 8 yards, 20 yards. I mean, DJ Knox was giving it to him. Then Rondell Moore, just this guy is – and I talked about him a little bit on my um page, you know, last week, All Things College Football, underscore, y'all go follow that. Um, Rondell Moore, 12 receptions, 170 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, they were just all over the place. And then that defense was very stout. I mean, Marcus Bailey, he was all over the field. Guess how many tackles he had? 15. Kenneth Moore, Kenneth Major, another one. 12 tackles. I mean, those guys were all over the field making plays. And Ohio State got flat out exposed. Dwayne Hoskins threw the ball 73 times. Two touchdowns, one interception for 407 yards. But a lot of that was trash yards when they was already getting blown out. I mean, J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber were just put on lock. They were held to a combined 69 yards. Uh, K.J. Hill did have a pretty decent day. He had nine receptions for 105 yards. But, I mean, for the most part, man, I just want to talk about D.J., uh, you know, Knox and Rondell Moore and how those guys are just, you know, tremendous. And it was a good win. And, I mean, we have to talk about Purdue – they started out the year 0-3, and, and they oh, have now yeah. won four straight. I mean, we have to start talking about these guys and giving them a little bit of credit. Yeah, first, uh, I just want to note that Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins threw the ball 73 times. That's crazy. And he completed 49 of those and had a 47 yards pass. Now, if you would have told me that he would attempt 73 passes. I would have thought he would have threw for like 600 yards. Right. But 73 times they threw the ball. Now, I know the run game was non-existent, but 73, 73 times. yards. That's a lot of yards, but man. That is outrageous, dude. That, I mean, 73 times, you literally like throwing the ball like. Religiously. Every play, yeah. But Every play, I mean. They could not get the pass going. I mean, they could not get the run going at all. I mean, J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber were held down to complete the whole game. I mean, those guys were held down the whole entire game. I mean, they really did. That Purdue defense got to get a lot of credit for what they did. They shut that running game up and made JT Bear beat them. And I told you, these last few weeks, Ohio State been crumbling and crumbling more and more every single week. They started looking more and more beatable. After that TCU game, I told you, I think it was Minnesota last week they almost lost to. And I said, man, I'm going to be honest with you, that Ohio State team don't look like the same team that played against Penn State the same team that looked like, you know, played against TCU. 
they don't look like the same team, man. Well, you know, you know, not to cut you off, but yeah. you know, they did have like a bad like roughing the kicker call, but that doesn't take away from the fact that every time they got into the red zone, they could not score. They couldn't score. It was really simple like this. Ohio State lost this game because Ohio State was kicking field goals while Purdue was scoring touchdowns. touchdowns. Yep. Two dropped 28 in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. This game might be fluke on Purdue's part, even though they're four, you know, they're on a four-game win streak now. And Ohio State might have just had a bad night. But that is worth noting because you for you to give up 49 points to Purdue now on <laughs> three teams, yeah. And you only dropped twenty, and you threw the ball seventy-three times. That's crazy. I don't know, man. That 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 ain't a good look for Ohio State. No, that. not at all. Uh, not at all. I mean, if you're throwing the ball, I'm with you. If you're throwing the ball seventy-three times, man, I'm expecting six hundred yards passing and five touchdowns or something crazy like that. Seventy-three times, man. That is ridiculous. That is completely ridiculous. And Ohio State. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, they have time to rebound, but, man, they're going to have to pull it together, man, because that was a bad showing. I mean, that was a bad showing. Right. Really not good. I mean, they have Nebraska this week. That should be a good, you know, confidence booster to get themselves back up. Yeah, get their face back off there. Yeah, right, right. So, Michigan's – I mean, uh, Nebraska's probably going to get 70 put up on them this week. Um, but Michigan State after that, I don't, I don't believe in Michigan State. I don't think they're a good team. And then Maryland after that, I think Maryland has the capability of being a good team, but they don't stand a chance against Ohio State probably. And then they got Michigan at the end of the year, obviously. So, I mean, like I said, they really don't really have to me but one more test, and that's Michigan. Um, but, I mean, they can get themselves back into the playoff picture because there is a lot of one-loss teams now. Um so, I mean, Ohio State can still find themselves. And like you said, it might have just been, you know, they got caught on a rough night. But Purdue, man, I really want to give them guys some credit. I'm telling you, they look like a new and improved team. Um, and they look like, you know, they could make – I'm not saying no playoffs. They obviously ain't going to do that. No, but no. I think they'll definitely make some noise in that Big Ten. I mean, they have Michigan State. That's a very winnable game at this point. They got Iowa. That's going to be a good one. Minnesota, that's a very winnable game for them at this point. Wisconsin, that's a very winnable game for them at this point. And then they have their arch rivals, Indiana, at the end of the year. All those games, besides Iowa to me, are very winnable games. I mean, all of them. So they could really find themselves being 8-4 and four at the end of the season. So I think this Purdue team can really, you know, if they continue to play how they're playing now, they're going to be, they're going to be in the picture. For a while in that in that conference, so I think that's definitely impressive to see Rondell Moore, that freshman, just kind of yeah. just take over. I like uh, I think you talked about this a little bit before we started recording that he was like the highest you know recruit Purdue has ever gotten. Like yeah, like that he's one of the highest recruits Purdue has ever gotten, and he's completely showing why he's one of the highest recruits because that guy is just super talented um, and just super gifted, man. I mean, when he touches the ball. It's like if you're the if you're the opposing team, you kind of got to hold your breath because he might take it all all the way to the house as soon as he touches it. Um, so he's definitely a guy you know you're gonna have to watch out for in these coming years. And um, I think he's a guy that's gonna be really important to Purdue and building that program to be a little bit of something maybe special for them. But um, on to the next subject that I wanted to talk about tonight. I want to talk about Alabama 
just they make college football not fun. <laughs> like they just make college football not fun and they didn't make it fun for Tennessee this weekend uh putting up 28 points in the first quarter and beat them 58 to 21 um I don't even know what to say at this point uh Touye went 19 for 29 306 yards four touchdowns um I, at this point are they just making football not fun to you uh, to me, no, because I enjoy, you know, dominance and, you know, a dynasty itself. Yeah. Because, I mean, you just got to enjoy it when it's happening because when it's gone, it's gone. Right. I do enjoy watching Bama a lot. Um, Like I said, I mean, just especially with Tua at, at the QB, something that we've never seen before with Bama. Yeah. I actually enjoy this. And to me – you know, I, I mean, I do believe they'll go ahead and win, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. But it'll just be interesting to me, you know, what, what the Clemson would do or whoever in the playoffs would do when they play against them. Because, I mean, the the, the constant knock on Bama is that they don't play anybody. Right. But you can't deny the fact when they do, they show up. They blowing people out. Most years. You know, most years. Most years. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you had your, you know, your Auburn game. You know, the return six game and all that stuff. Or uh, when they lost to Clemson. Mm-hmm. But, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> no, you good, man. But, um, yeah, so I do thoroughly enjoy watching Bama now. But this year, though, like I said, like how we said earlier, it seems like Clemson is the only team that's going to be able to hang with these dudes. Because, yeah. I mean, really, we don't know what. Notre Dame look like yet, you know, especially against a team like a Bama or a Clemson, and pretty much everybody else got these walls. So, am I tired of Bama? No, not at all, because I do enjoy this a lot, like I said again. My thing is this, and you kind of covered the thing that I was just about to ask you. How do you feel about how do you feel about LSU in two weeks? How do you feel about that LSU game where Alabama, this is probably going to be their first, I guess, real test. Um, going to Baton Rouge is probably going to be a night game for the most part. I haven't heard if it's a night game yet or not. Um, but they do play LSU, um, you know, on the third. So that's next weekend. Um, how do you feel about their chances in that game? Like LSU, do you think LSU stands a chance? Do you think LSU keeps it within 14 points? Do you think LSU gets routed like everybody else? Because after this LSU game, nobody's standing a chance to Bama until playoff time. They have LSU, Mississippi State, Citadel, and Auburn. After this LSU game, they can basically put two on the bench and get ready for the playoffs because they're going to blow everybody out. How I feel about LSU, uh, well, I never believe in Burrow. So as long as Burrow's at the QB playing the same way he's been playing this whole, you know, year, yeah, at best, they'll at best, and this is a stretch at best, LSU keeping it fourteen. But that's about that's got to be like incredible defense play. Yeah. So I mean, it will be interesting to see, you know, Tua versus the LSU defense. Mm-hmm. You know, so I do believe that will be the interesting part of this game. Now, we know LSU, you know, to shut down Georgia, but I think that was more so Georgia getting exposed with no, you know, pat. well, I ain't said no passing game, but a lack of an elite passing game. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Jake Fromm always had his uh, question marks as well. 
But two ain't got no question marks. So uh, no, he don't. <laughs> I haven't seen one yet. So I mean, but like I said, it will be interesting to see Tua versus a uh, elite defense. And I think um, I mean, I still believe that he'll you know put his numbers up against LSU. But as far as LSU winning this game, nah, bro, we can uh, you know, throw that idea out the window. I don't think I don't think LSU gonna pull another upset not against no Bama. No, no, I yeah, I kind of seem to agree with you on that too. I don't think you know they're gonna be able to pull off anything against Bama. And like you said, I kind of agree. I feel like right now, I mean, it's a little bit like with with Bama, it's like. I don't think anybody stands a chance with them already. And like you said, with Joe Burrow, I really kind of don't believe in him quite yet. He does keep getting the job done. But like you just stated, they already knocked off Georgia. I don't think they're knocking off Bama, um, unfortunately. I just don't see that happening. Um, You know, and that's just me being completely honest. Alabama's just – Heading over hills better than everybody. But what I did think was cool about that game is, you know, Butch Jones, he actually does some offense analyst type stuff um, with Alabama. You know, he came from Tennessee and, you know, it was like smoking cigars after, you know, oh, him winning and stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty dope. Yeah, I wish um, I had a moment like that where I could, yeah, I could smoke, a cigar, you know, a celebratory cigar like that. I thought it was kind yeah. of cool. But yeah, I thought it that was pretty weird. dope that he got it. Go ahead. I was just saying, it was kind of weird, though, you know, Bush Jones, you know, being that he did coach at Tennessee, and, you know, they did just beat Tennessee, right. and he's kicking back smoking a cigar with, uh, you know, Bama now. Right. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was pretty cool, you know what I'm saying? I thought that was kind of, you know, like a laid-back thing. I thought it was kind of funny, and I thought it was kind of petty, honestly. It was kind of cool, though, because <laughs> it's like the cameras kept getting put on Bush Jones, like, when they, like, not saving nobody else, but just Bush Jones. Because it was back at Tennessee, so I thought that was pretty dope to see, and um, I just thought that was really dope, man. On to the next topic that I really want to talk about, um, and we kind of talked about this earlier. Is Clemson back in the picture? Like, is Clemson finally back at their full potential? Do you believe in Clemson? Yeah, I mean, not so much that like I was just completely like this. I still don't think they can beat Bamba, which I don't think none of us do it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, because I, I don't want to sound like cause I know. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, when uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence first got the job, we were still kind of questioning him because you know his numbers weren't that great. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can I, I I'm not gonna say I discredited them like I did other teams mm-hmm. because I mean, at the same time, Clemson is still well put together on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. So you know. I guess you could say they back. They look like where they need to be, or where they where we thought they would, uh, would be. Right back. where we thought. That's that's probably a better way to say it's Clemson back. Uh, I, instead of Clemson back, maybe it's Clemson what we thought they were. Yeah, you know, at the beginning of the season. That's what I mean by back when I say that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because I think at the beginning of the year, you know, especially when they struggled with Syracuse and Texas A&M game. You know, which actually turned out to be Texas A&M is looking like the best two-loss team in the country to me personally. Um, but I mean, when you looked at those games, they were kind of close, kind of ugly type wins. You know, people was kind of qu- questioning Clemson, like you know, is Clemson really all that good and stuff like that? But I think these past, you know, really two games for sure, the Wake Forest and the NC State game, where they done put up over forty points in both games. 
and it seems like the offense is now starting to come together, I think now people are starting to say, okay, this is the Clemson that, you know, we expected. You know what I'm saying? Because in the past, if you really think about it, in the past couple weeks, Clemson's defense been holding it down yeah. since the Syracuse game. I mean, they've been holding it down. They only allowed they've only allowed ten points. Like that's that's pretty good, man. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I mean, really, the only bad defensive game they had to me was the A and M game, and in the Syracuse game they struggled. But I mean, besides that, they've been really good. You know, defensive wise, and they've really started to look like you know back to what they needed to be. Um, but I do think that you know Clemson is starting to look like the team everybody hyped them up to be. Um, earlier in the summer and stuff like that, and early in, you know, August and September, they're starting to look, look, to look like that team that, you know, everybody kind of expected them to be. So that's what I mean by back, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, no, I get what you're saying, and I, I completely agree with you. Because uh... I think at first Clemson kind of didn't look like who everybody thought they would be, and I'm a Clemson fan saying that. Yeah. So I think, honestly, I think it was kind of, I think it's kind of good to see them kind of turning the corner and kind of making that change just for college football. Because like I said, do I think they're going to beat Bama? No. But I think they're the right now at least. I think Oklahoma may have something to say about that too. I think Oklahoma may have a shot at Bama too, offensive-wise because they can put up a lot of points. But, you know, I, I think Clemson probably has the best chance of actually, you know, hanging in a game with them if that makes any sense. Man, listen – I'm, I'm glad you brought up Oklahoma because I really like Oklahoma. I do too. That's a, that's what's crazy. I actually like Oklahoma too. But them, them, them beating or them giving Bama run for their money, all, I, they they drop some points on Bama. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bama yeah. going to drop some points too because mm-hmm. yep. let's not forget how bad. Now don't get me wrong, they got Mike Stoops about it there. But, yeah, which needed to be done years ago, but yeah. But as far as that tackling goes, B, I mean, come on, man, tackling is tackling. Mm-hmm. They, if they gonna ta- they gonna tackle like how they did in Texas, Alabama, yeah, nah, bro, they ain't gonna cut them. it. And they still let TCU put twenty seven up on them this weekend. And it, TCU ain't that really that good of a team. I know, man. It hurts me to say that because I really like Sean Ryan. Oh. I mean, and he's out for the season. I think he um something happened to him. I want to say he tore ACL or something like that, or he had some type of some type of injury happened to him. But he's out for the season, though. I did see that earlier today. True, but I would like to see. Uh, I think I think everybody just kind of wrote Oklahoma off after that Texas loss. I think so too. But you know, with everybody losing, it kind of levels the playing field again. Mm-hmm. There's only three. Well, four. What? Well, actually, five teams are still undefeated. But if you look at that top ten, you know, there's a lot of lost teams in there. So mm-hmm. I think um, – I, I personally believe Oklahoma might, you know, creep back up. You know, I think they are too. I think they're going to creep back up too, uh, honestly. They, they'll go up a, a couple – you know, a couple of places. Because uh, I believe Michigan will lose. Sometime. Yeah, they'll, they'll lose. I think they'll lose <laughs> Ohio State personally. And uh, also, too, this leads me to a question I was going to say, but I guess we can ask it now since we're around the way. Mm-hmm. With everybody losing these last couple of weeks, the top four is Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame. Do you believe Notre Dame is next to lose? Mm, that's a good question. You know, I was thinking about that earlier. 
because that Northwestern team is a team that, as a Notre, as a Notre Dame fan, you should be kind of scared of. No, 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 no. After that, I think Florida State might. You think Florida State might give them a shot? Florida State does look a lot better. Like, I'm actually kind of concerned about our game with Florida State this week because they always play Clemson at their best. They always play Clemson. It doesn't matter what's going on. They're going to play Clemson their best. They're going to give Clemson their best shot. I believe I believe if, if, if they play Florida State and they lack in that game and Florida State catch them lacking, that could be a dub for Florida State. But I think so, too. If, if it's not Florida State – I got a strange feeling it's going to be USC. Yeah, USC is another team that's starting to kind of pull it together too. They're another one. So some, some telling me. And even I wouldn't even cross out Syracuse personally. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That game is actually going to be in Yankee Stadium. Um, oh, I you know, know the week before uh, Thanksgiving there. So that's another game. And I mean, if you think about it, even though they barely beat North Carolina. Syracuse is five and two right now, so they're not like a horrible team. Right, right. So I mean, Notre Dame. uh, I feel like with Notre Dame because they don't have a conference championship, they gotta win out to get in the playoffs. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they definitely. So if they lose one game, they're out the picture. Definitely. I don't care if it's a close game. They lose a game, they they should be out the picture. Period. Definitely, definitely. So I don't know. I just think about that. That you know. I do like Notre Dame. I do think they're a pretty good team, but I got a strange feeling they're going to be next. Yeah. But that's crazy, though, because I just thought about that. Now that you bring it up, not to cut you off, but you remember about two weeks ago, I think on the podcast, and you could probably go back and look for this, I said I got a feeling Ohio State is going to lose to a team that we are not expecting them to lose to. Yeah, I remember you saying that. I said I still think, and I think this was (laughs) – after what game was that after? I want to say Penn State. I want to say it was after the Penn State game, or maybe it was somebody they played. It was either a week after the Penn State game. I told y'all, I said, I got a feeling Ohio State gonna drop a game that they supposed to win. They gonna drop a game like they did with Iowa last year. They gonna drop a game, and good enough, a few weeks later, they dropped the game. But I think that's an interesting point that you make is if you know, do you think Notre Dame going to have a loss in them? I mean, that's a very good – that's a good point. Because I'm going to be honest, the way it's looking, USC starting to play better. I think that Northwestern game for them going to be kind of tricky. I think that Florida State game for them going to be kind of tricky. And I kind of think that – um that uh, what was another team on there I thought it was going to be tricky. Um, I'm missing it right now. Who was that other game I just thought – I just literally said it. USC. Did I say them? Yes. No, I don't think he did. But, USC, yeah. that game is going to be tricky for them. So I, I think, you know, Notre Dame, they can't be, like you said, slacking because if so, they could get caught in a bad situation because I'm telling you, if they lose a game, their season playoff-wise is over Yeah, no, they don't have no conference championship. I agree. And I think that's, you know, not having the conference championship, that's what's going to hurt the most. Yeah. So, I think so, too. Yeah. I think it's going to hurt them even more, too. If they don't, with them not having a conference championship, that just kind of like that's for one, that's one extra game that you know they can't base you off of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like for them, not a good look. I mean, and then now that you think about it, their schedule doesn't look that impressive anymore. I mean, the Stanford win, I mean, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, the Michigan win, it looks pretty okay, but 
I mean, besides that, Notre Dame really hasn't played anybody that's like, oh, yeah, they're a national title contender. Besides Michigan. And, I mean, like you said, you still in the air about them. So, I mean, it's it's still – it's not the best-looking win no more is basically what I'm trying to say. Their schedule doesn't look all that almighty anymore, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, it does. But, you know, at the time with uh, the Michigan game, I mean, Michigan was still ranked at the time. And, you know, Stanford was like seven, I want, I want to say. Yeah. It kind of looked good, but now that we see who Stanford is now, right. especially with Bryce Love and his injuries, and uh, we see who Michigan is, and we talked about them earlier. I agree, it doesn't really look that impressive, but they don't take away the fact that Northern Dame still got to win out. Yeah, they, like, yeah, they, yeah, they got, yeah, no, got to win out. There, yeah. There's no, that's, there's that's, no none, that's not even a factor. They have to win out because if they lose one game, they're out. They're not going to be in the playoffs. Definitely. So they can't lose a game. So I think that's very important. But I want to talk about another team that has I actually only lost one game and it was in overtime. And I want to give a little credit to App State this week. First time being ranked in the top twenty five in school history. Congrats to those guys in Boone. Um, I think that's a big thing for that program. I mean, that program has really blossomed. It's always been a very, you know, pretty decent mid like, you know, small program. But App State is really solidifying themselves, you know, in that, you know, power of five best teams. I mean, people are now starting to mention them with the UCFs and the teams like that. I think App State is, you know, finally kind of getting the credit that they deserve. And I think this team is actually a really good team. And, I mean, you really think about it, they're just one play away from being undefeated. I mean, they're one play away from knocking off Penn State at Penn State. For real, for real. Like, so, I mean, this team is really a good team. I'm glad they're finally getting the recognition they deserve. They came in this week at um 25. So, it's just good to see App State, you know, finally kind of getting that recognition they deserve. But a question that I had to pose to you, and especially after seeing the NC State shellacking, is App State the best team in the state of North Carolina? I know we had this conversation about one of our first podcasts. This came up. But, you know, now since we're kind of in the middle, heading towards the end of the season, we can start kind of putting these things together. Uh, let's be honest. Is App State really the best team in North Carolina? Uh, that's like no question about that because, I mean, just go through everybody. Uh, you know, I mean, you can make the argument about NC State. And I don't want to sound biased about App because I do think App has been the best consistent program in North Carolina. But I still think App is the best team right now. Yeah. Definitely not UNC. Definitely. Hell no, it's not ECU. No. And, I mean, Duke, no, Wake Forest. Actually, Wake Forest disappointed me this week. I mean, um, this uh, year. But definitely Period. App State, man, from, you know, top to bottom. I mean, they're blowing everybody out. That yeah. And, and you can say, you know, hey, you know, they non-power five, you know, so on, so on. I mean, they dropped 49 on Charlotte. And I keep forgetting Charlotte is like, FBS. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's how much I don't think about them. So, exactly. They ranked 25. Like, they had one loss to a team that was a play away from beating Penn State of all teams. Yeah. So, they blowing. I, I mean, I mean, you could just go down the list. Like, they dropped 27 points. You know, last week they played uh, uh, Louisiana Lafayette. They dropped 27 points. But, I mean, before that, 
they dropped at least 45 on everybody. So, I mean, excuse me, 38 on everybody. So, yeah. So, app is real. <laughs> they yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, and a lot of people probably not going to agree with this. If you want app stay out there up against NC State, I'm taking app. Yeah. I'm taking app because I, I see a team that has a lot of heart. I like Zach Thomas. Their quarterback, I hate Jalen Moore got hurt. And like I've said previous times before, and he's a friend of the show and a friend of the, you know, the page, Clifton Duck is one of the best cornerbacks in college football. Um, So, I mean, that team is just super, you know, low talented, but they, they know how to use their talent. And I think, you know, a lot of times they get these three-star recruits, um, these two-star recruits in the area. Uh, They got the guy from – um. From Kansas State, Corey Sutton. He wasn't getting any play time at Kansas State. They have made Corey Sutton a prime time piece in their offense, and he looks really good. I mean, he's a six three guy, real big. And, you know, he was a pretty big size, you know, recruit in the state of North Carolina that ended up going to Kansas State. And you know, they continue to kind of build off these kind of project players, basically, and making the worst of them. So I think it it ha- it says a lot about you know, App State's, you know, football program and what they're doing. And I also think it's a big thing for Scott Satterfield, which I think ain't going to be at App State much longer because I think he's going to probably get a big-time job somewhere. It says a lot about what, you know, he has built at that program. But like I said, if I had to choose right now, to me it's a no-brainer. App State is the best team in the state of North Carolina. And to me, it ain't really even that close. Right. I'm going to be completely honest. Even with NC State, you know, you know, being 5-0. I mean, I, I I don't. I mean, I just don't. I don't. I think App State consistently has been the best team in the state of North Carolina. I mean, I've seen some crazy stat at the beginning of the year. Like, they're like the top 15. They're in the top 15 of teams that have won the most in the last, like, four or five years. They're up there with, like, Georgia, Clemson, Bama. Like, it's ridiculous what they've done. I mean, just look at their last three seasons. Look at their last three seasons. In 2015, they went 11-2. and In 2016, they went 10-3. and In 2017, last year, they went 9-4. and And this year, they're 5-1, looking like they might even go, like, 11-1. and I mean, this team is really – Good, and I think that really shows a lot of character on you know Satterfield's part. I think that he's really got that team rolling, man. Man, you know what I would like to happen for App State in the future? What's that? You know, of course, keep winning. You know, making name for yourself, win some bowl games. But what I would like to see is for App State to be like not only the North Carolina powerhouse, but the place that North Carolina recruits want to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you really look at it, you know, the top recruits that come out of North Carolina, well, for some reason, a lot of Division One prospects in North Carolina, it seems like they always tend to go to somewhere like Virginia Tech. or mm-hmm. Clemson, Georgia comes up here and got a lot yeah, of yeah, uh, players out of North so, Carolina as well. I would, I would like to see Clemson, I mean, not Clemson, but um, Appalachian State just get dudes from their own backyard, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I would like to see that because think about like a uh, let me see who, who were some top recruits off the top of my head last year. I know like uh, I think dude, KJ Henry, he's at Clemson, yep. correct? He's at Clemson. Yep, that's so correct. 
you know, like a him or a Zamir White. Zamir White, that's another or, one. You know. you know, just some, you know, people like that. If like app can like just become like the dominant program, because I mean, I ain't gonna lie. If I was a a top ten recruit and I lived in North Carolina, I'd probably not go anywhere in North Carolina. No, I wouldn't either. No. No, I would. If I was a top ten recruit in North Carolina, I wouldn't stay. I wouldn't stay, and it's just because. I mean, honestly, you know, you don't have any national championship aspirations here. You don't. Yeah. So I mean, I North think Carolina I'll- Tar Heels suck. ECU has fell off so bad. Um, Duke, they just they're not quite there yet. Um, Wake Forest, I thought they were going to take a step forward this year, yeah, but I mean- they haven't. Um, you know, so yeah, I agree with you, man, a hundred percent. I think, uh, you know, not not to get on this topic, you know, too heavy, but you know, I mean, I just don't want to sound like I'm like trashing North Carolina schools, but I think. You I know, mean, we're just speaking the facts. I mean, if right now, if you really and like I said, I didn't want to get too deep into this either, but it's really a good subject. I mean, if you think about it, think about these schools and their coaches, Fedora. He's on the hot seat right now. Who wants to go there? Nobody. Nobody wants to go there. Let's talk about NC State and Dave Dorn. Dave Dorn has did a tremendous job coaching, and he did a tremendous job, you know, recruiting guys. But let's keep it completely real. Let's be honest. Do those guys stand a, a, a chance against the Clemsons and the Bamas of the world? No. No kid is going to go there. Duke. I mean, don't get me wrong, David. Cutcliffe is an amazing coach. You know, he's a good guy. He's a player's coach. Everybody I spoke to that knows him loves him. But you're not going to win any national championships at Duke in football. Let's be honest. That's just the truth. And Wake Forest, same thing. Love Dave Clawson. He has did a tremendous job with that program. But they have been a high disappointment this year. They have been a highly disappointing team this year. If I'm in the state of North Carolina right now and my parents say, look, I, I don't care. You know, if you're the number one recruit in the country, we want you to stay in the state of North Carolina. I'm taking my butt to App because I know at the end of the day, Appalachian is breeding players. And honestly, they're breeding talent and they're building young men up there. So I think that's a very important thing as well. And you're going to win. You're going to win. That's the thing. You're going to win games up there as well. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm serious. I'm I'm just being honest. I'm not trying to hate on I'm not trying to negative recruit North Carolina, NC State, you know. Yeah. I'm not trying to negative. I'm just being completely real. I mean, that's just me being honest. I don't think that those schools are going to – it depends on what you're going for. Because if you just want to go to play time, I mean, yeah, sure, go to Wake Forest, North Carolina, whatever, whatever. But if you want to be actually playing for something, playing for a, 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 a conference title, Playing for something, you might want to you might want to consider app if you're in the state of North Carolina. That's that's to be completely, completely honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can't agree with you on that. Yeah, that's that's me being completely honest. But on to the next subject. Well, before we wrap it up here, uh, I just want to go ahead and kind of go over my player of the week. Um, and I don't want to take any of yours because I think you know I, I I won't take your shine, but I think that Trevor Lawrence has to get a player of the week for me. 308 yards, um, one touchdown, zero interceptions. I was very impressed with what he did. And as well, I just think that, you know, he's actually starting to become a player that 
we all thought he would be. I think a lot of us thought, like, you know, Trevor Lawrence, we done heard this hype about him all this, you know, all this time. And we now, we, we want to see it. We want to see it in action. And I feel like those first couple games, especially with the whole, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant situation and all that, I feel like we really didn't get to see, you know, um, his full potential. But now since he's, like, actually running the show, I think we finally getting to see what he's truly made of. So I gave him one of my player of the, uh, you know, player of the awards this week. I think he did a tremendous job, you know, just really – just controlling that offense. And even when Travis Etienne was getting shut down, I think that he did a good job. And then the next player I want to give a, a player of the game to as well as David Blount from Purdue, quarterback, uh, you know, 378 yards in that uh, Ohio State secondary is big, man. So I want to also give him some love too. But I'll let you talk about your two guys because I was going to say them two guys too. But you go ahead and talk about the two players that you thought, you know, get player of the week. Well, <clears throat> You mentioned the uh, blow or well, however you say his name for uh, Purdue. Right. I mean, I'm standing at Boilermaker Train, and I'm gonna give it to Rondell Moore. I mean, 12 receptions, 107 yards, and two D, two TD, two TDs against Ohio State. That's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. And also, I'm gonna give it to DJ Knox on 16 carries. He got 128 yards with three touchdowns against Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's defense was questionable all season, but that's still pretty amazing, though. Mm-hmm. But I also want to give a coach of the week, and I got to give that to Scott Frost for getting his first dub. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Minnesota. Scott Frost in Nebraska. I got to give it to him. Shout out to Scott Frost. Getting his first dub. It was long for that man. It was, it, was, it, was, it was looking long for him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I remember seeing Nebraska look that bad in recent years. But, yeah. yeah. And also, too um, – my games for the week, uh, I don't want to steal yours because that's, like, the biggest game. But I'll be trying to keep my eye on definitely Clemson, Florida State, just because Florida yeah. State fan. And Florida State look slightly better. Yeah, they look, they've been improving every week. <laughs> they not they don't look as bad anymore. Yeah. And also, I'll probably watch that Iowa-Penn State game because uh, Iowa is ranked. <clears throat> and – uh. I was gonna mention watching this thing in Stanford, but oh, I'm probably gonna watch that. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> two right. games I'm gonna kind of keep my eyes on too. I think that NC State Syracuse game at seven o'clock on Saturday night is gonna be an intriguing one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Syracuse beats NC State. I'm serious. I think Syracuse may be the second or third best team in the conference, and I think that we'll see that in ACC. I think we'll see that on um, Saturday night. So that's a game I'm going to look out for. And, I mean, I think we obviously know what game everybody's going to be basically looking out for this weekend. And that's Georgia-Florida, uh, the biggest outdoor cocktail, you know, the biggest game for really both of these teams on the year, if you really think about it. Um, you know, Georgia and Florida both. I mean, this has playoff, you know, contentions on it as well. You know, the team that loses this game, their playoffs is done and over. I mean, there's not a chance for it. Um, Who you so, got? You said what? Who you got in this game? <sighs> I'm going to go Georgia. I think Georgia gets their face back. Give me Georgia 31-14. Oh, oh hold on now. 31-14? 31-14, Georgia. I'm now, Georgia, y'all better not let me down. But I'm, I'm going to take Georgia. I think Georgia gets their face 
back from losing that game at uh, LSU looking that bad. I'm going to take Georgia 31-14. Now, I don't think Georgia's going to score 31 points. But you think I, I think they could. I think they're going to be really upset they got beat like that by LSU. And they had to sit on that for a whole, basically at that point, 14 days. They're going to be pretty upset, man. I, I think I think they're going to be ready to roll. But I do believe Georgia will win the game. Just, you know, not 31 points, though, but. I mean, so what what would you have to so, predict for a score if you had to predict for the Georgia? No, well, well, let me say this: if they do drop thirty-one, I believe there will be a defensive down there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. So yeah, I guess I can go with you on that one. Now that I think about it, but yeah. it was just the offense. You know, I I, I give it, a, I give I give it a twenty-one fourteen-ish type of game. Mm-hmm. I don't think Georgia, in that regard will not blow out Florida because I do like Florida's defense a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it may be just in a situation like uh, with LSU, the defense comes and shows up and exposes Fromm for who he is. Bro. So what? Another question before we log out of here. So what if Fromm gets shut down this week? Do, do, do Georgia start calling for so – let's just say Fromm gets shut down this week and they lose to Florida. Do you think at this point you got to start thinking about putting Justin Fields in? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, you could easily say that because, uh, you know, these losses. But like you said earlier, I don't think it's really going to matter because unless everybody keeps losing in the top ten, if Georgia loses the, loses this game, the uh, college football playoff, you know, hopes are gone. Right. So at this point, they'll just be playing against, uh, you know, a regular bowl game. Right. But if uh, Fromm comes out and do what he did, Versus LSU, ah, it's it's hard to say. Um, it's gonna be hard, yeah. Because you know, uh, you can put Fields in, but if you don't really do what you want him to do, and now you have to go back to From, I think it may shake Fromm's, you know, confidence. confidence yeah. mm-hmm. So it's hard to say, but again, LSU defense was nice, but From could have played a little better. Yeah. Thank you for this Florida game. I'm inclined to believe that they may not pull the plug on from just yet. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I just I just wanted to see what your input was on it. But man, uh like I said, we're wrapping up another week of uh all things college football podcast. Week eight, man. I mean, think about it. Next week when we get on here, it's gonna be week nine. We're only gonna have like three more weeks of actually like regular college football. Um, season, so I think that's kind of crazy how fast this is, yeah. been, man. It's just crazy, man, how the season is just wrapping up already. Um, but you know, you guys follow me on Twitter and Instagram, same thing at AO underscore T time nine. And Jarrell, you can give them your plug as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rail Wheeler and Instagram at Jarrell NC, and also. Keep on spreading this college football, all things college football podcast, and shout us out. Give us some reviews. Give us something, you know, some type of feedback. And just uh, tell a friend about it. Right, right. Yeah, same thing, man. Like we said, just continue to, you know, listen to the podcast. 
continue to listen to you know what we like to do and stuff like that and give us feedback and tell us how you feel about everything that we're talking about and things like that and just even pitch in as well you can comment under my uh pictures on my all things cfb underscore page as well and just you know talk about you know things that we talked about in the podcast as well but we really do appreciate you guys and support everything that you guys do for us and uh like I said, we really do enjoy doing this, so we do appreciate everything that you guys do. But we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. End out this week eight of um, All Things College Football Podcast. We are tuning out. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Yeah.